You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Hi, Joe. Good morning, Patrick. How are you? Good, thank you. Nice to see your face again. Very beautiful and pixelated. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, um, spring has sprung, hasn't it? So you've got some uh, some beautiful uh, kind of um, spring flowers kind of going on in the background there. Cherry blossoms. Very nice. Very nice. Well, you know what they say, the cherry blossoms in the, in the jar mean less, uh, less kind of cherries at the bar. So you're going to end up with less, uh, less fruit in, in a few months time, but it does, it does look beautiful. It does. Thanks. Yeah. I've got a few meetings today, so I thought uh, I better spend some of the fruit now rather than later <laughs> <laughs> just to color it up a bit. Um, Very good. Yeah, that's my decor specialist speaking to me there. But um, here we are. We're still in the midst of it. I feel like we've turned a tide here in Victoria, um, being out and around it. For anyone listening, Victoria's still in the midst of a hard lockdown. Yes. Um, it feels like it's softening. White flags are being raised. Yeah, well, it, it sounds like um, it sounds like we've we've admitted that um, you know COVID zero is not something that is uh, an achievable goal. Which you know I agree, Pat. I think that's a that's a huge step forward in terms of understanding that um, no matter what we do and no matter kind of you know what um, you know sacrifices large and small are asked of of everyone um, is that we can't reach that target. So in changing target, I think it focuses more on something you know like a um, a vaccination rate and kind of things are, are a little bit more achievable rather than getting to zero caseload in a, in a community. Yeah. I don't know if, I've, I don't know, I've got sort of antennas and it just felt like, like yesterday there was a, also a very beautiful day down here, but it felt like there was something lifted collectively because yep. I did manage to get out and about and it did feel a little bit lighter than it has of late. It could have just been me projecting onto the world, but um, it no, definitely- I would- I would agree. Yeah, people felt like, yeah, something had changed, something had shifted and that was uh, not as foggy anymore. So Yeah, well, I think it's, it's the funny thing about um, goals, right? So if you, if you think about kind of, you know, stated, stated policies, and this will, you know, perhaps act as a bit of a segue into our chat around media, but it, it's what's communicated becomes really, really important in terms of kind of, kind of motivation. So motivation theory would tell you that something that is deemed as impossible um, is uh, non-motivating. So, you know, you're telling someone that they're never going to be able to achieve a goal, but yet you're actually asking them to sacrifice towards it. Pretty soon you start to see, um, you know, kind of, I guess, you know, at best, depression at worst um kind of you know basically complete withdrawal um because the energy level is not right whereas i think if when you say to people well there's something that we can't achieve which i think you know um regardless of your view on vaccination which is certainly not something it's an individual choice um as as we both know but getting to a certain level in society with that factored in is achievable um because certainly you know just based on the poll data etc i think broadly you know 85 percent of people are happy to be vaccinated and we need to get to 70 to 80 um so the other 15 percent that's that's cool we don't really need them as part of part of the solution and then i think that helps 
kind of everyone look at it and go, okay, well, that's something we can do. Um, and it also becomes time bound. I think that's the other thing perhaps, Pat, that, you know, you were experiencing yesterday is it all of a sudden felt like um, there's now a time frame. Whereas I think over the last period of time, it's felt a bit like this is going to go on forever. Yeah, it really did. There's still some wonky people out there, myself included. Um, I think a lot of people were trying to process it as well because I think the fear and the communication that's come from our government and a lot of people do trust government, rightfully so, but people do trust them and put a lot of faith in there have been really stirred into a pot of fear um, and, and quite quite scared of what's coming. So it's it's a hard narrative to shift what we're trying to shift here in Victoria from going from this is going to kill you no matter what to this is something we're going to live with and we're going to have to move forward and open up. It's going to be uh, an interesting <laughs> thing to break through for a lot of people and something for us to watch about how we shift that way we interact with the virus like that's literally what the task is at hand and you could feel that shifting yesterday and it definitely made people wonky and, and strange at the same time as processing I suppose that moving target and something a little bit more attainable but um, going off the back of your idea of segueing into where we are now is looking at how individuals versus organisations, this can be government brands, non-for-profits, talk about themselves and communicate their story and their values and their value um, to an audience um, and use, I suppose, story to their advantage, as you said so well last week. That's something that's... <laughs> um, you always speak truth, Joe, and that's something that I think I've... As, <laughs> I don't think... I know that, but it's a, it's a funny thing to say that, just... Mm tell a story to advantage. It's something the history gets written by the victor. That's something that's always said. But day to day, everyone tells a story and then it makes, with that thought behind it, makes you look at social media and the way things are construed across what is the old, what is the motive behind that? Um, and then going in today is just looking at how individuals use story to their advantage and then how organisations use story and architecture to their advantage. And then the difference between the two, because One's quite simple and maybe a little bit more, definitely a lot more easy to move around and change versus the other. Um, so it'd be cool to get a thought around that in terms of also story and brand because I think they go hand in hand around individual organisation and how they can change and shift. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And media is now interesting because it's, I think, you know, we were talking last time around the kind of the Marshall McLuhan piece around kind of that the medium is is the message. Um, but when you, the other part of a lot of his kind of work was around kind of the the notion of media and what can be a media. So what what can be something that can actually carry carry the message? And in a digital age, it's really become that media, in terms of kind of in in air quotes, is accessible to everyone. And really, it's so that everyone can broadcast their their story. And I think you know when you start to think about it that way, it's it's kind of forced this this change because the proximity to story is now um, much smaller. So if I have a story that I want to share share with the world, and that can be about um, something as random as kind of car parts, um, you know, or it can be as kind of a, as big as kind of you know community learning to deal with coronavirus, um, is that the the way that you have to kind of now think about that is that the kind of the tools of the trade in terms of being able to actually broadcast that and put that out, um, you know, now that proximity is instant, so that you know I can send out a message on car parts and people all over the world um, can follow that equally in a in kind of 
talking community, it's then I have to understand that everyone else is actually going to tell, tell that story. So there's now a relationship between being small and being able to kind of tell your story, but equally being large and needing to actually be more responsive to the way that the story actually, actually goes. And I think that's, that's a really kind of interesting way to start to think about kind of how community sits as part of all of that, because if you're an individual, you want to be able to create community around your particular kind of idea. Um, or if you're kind of um, a bigger um, organization, you then actually have to be able to kind of be able to tell a narrative, but understand that other people are going to have an interpretation of that. So you have to be active inside that community. Yeah, it's an interesting take. I think when I was sitting back and looking at this, I really felt like on the back end of our conversation as community is the new thing of truth, really. Um, but looking at organisations are really trying to be, I suppose, a platform. A lot of seem to be pivoting to being able to talk their story in a platform sense um, in terms of being able to be able to hold a lot of different individual narratives in one sort of place and be able to allow people to be heard. I think that's the biggest strength that an organisation can do um, and have a story or a brand that can allow them to have multi-perspective within that but within a strong value. It's a hard thing to do. Um, yeah. Whereas individuals sort of finding their own community and I think that's a, it's a mix. They also like there's leaders within the community who talk to a certain topic and people get around that and share that and, and push an individual up um, definitely on YouTube and a few different areas where they can monetize it. And that's something that we're going to go and talk about in terms of the community picking out these archetypes of people who they want to fund through yep. eyeballs on screen, um, which is, a, it's an interesting model, but then, yeah, we've, once again, we've got those currents that are going underneath, but, the work that goes behind it I find really interesting around I don't feel like an individual sits down the same way as an organisation sits down and goes, how can we tell this our story to, in, to make people, people feel heard and encouraged to feel part of what we're doing mm. versus an individual who maybe starts on something a bit more of a whim, an instinct to go, this is how I'm telling my story and learn along the way but can quite change, doesn't have to go through all the, all the bureaucracy that comes with a big organisation around making decision on change because everyone has to go along with that change as it's being made, whereas an individual can sort of pivot at the, in the wind and, and the storm that comes with media um, and yeah. people's opinion across. Yeah. And what do you think? I mean, what do you think it comes down to? Like a lot of that, I think, is about trust. Right. So whether you're kind of you're big, big or small, this idea that kind of the community that's behind it broadly actually helps reinforce that in terms of kind of being being trusted. And in some ways, you kind of, you know, you've you've already kind of started to touch on that in terms of the idea of the kind of the archetype of the thing. So you see this a lot in like kind of, I guess, kind of what are now called creator communities in terms of kind of their creator led. Um, there's someone who's kind of taking a particular topic, but they're but they're kind of telling, you know, a story, sharing information, et cetera. But their pathway to trust is not dissimilar to that of a large organization in terms of that they really kind of fit they fit an archetype where they fit kind of a, a way that we can actually un understand them. Like, so it's kind of, they're not too wacky, but they do, they do like, they have a uniqueness. They're actually kind of, they're, they're watchable. So, or they're listenable to. So I think they're kind of, they're engaging in, in some way, which I think is kind of important in terms of kind of from a community perspective, you have to be engaging. Whereas for large organizations previously, that, 
wasn't always the case, right? You could just be kind of quite authoritative and just be like, well, it is, it is what it is. But they have also to engage a community underneath them. They have to be engaging and they have to fit what we see as kind of a, a modern large organization, which is responsive to its community. Mm. Right? So I think that's, you know, so therefore the kind of the pathways and just interested to get your thoughts on kind of, you know, the, is it trust? Is it as simple as kind of that they're trying to find ways to be trusted? Who the organization or the individuals or both? Both. Yeah, both. Yeah. I yeah. think the individual, it feel, I think the feel that comes from a community is that they can access that individual very much so and often good creators in that space who are either educators or thought provokers or experts are responding to the audience in certain ways and engaging with them in it feels very personal when they produce their content and tell their story. It's very much so then the audience can feel as if it is them or it's their friend who they have never met being responded to by that creator. That's the strength that an individual has. And then they can shift, but I feel like they're still stuck in a bit of a box around their expertise. But you do watch some of the trajectories of some of the thought thought leaders and also educators in the space, and they can change. Um, but at the same time, community can fall off the back. And then versus an organisation, uh, it's I think an organisation works best when it has a really strong value system and value that it has and what it believes it is offering and understands its audience. So engages with them. It doesn't have to be as public as that individual creator, but making sure that they, they know who they're serving and what they're trying to do and then engaging with individuals differently to how that, that creator will um, and making them feel heard. I think making community feel heard and have input in there, um, but it's a different kettle of fish. I think that organisation needs to just continue pushing forward and it's a different offering often. You know, it's, it's like let's take an example. Um, have you got a good example where we can put, uh, individuals say teaching photography or teaching um, brand across YouTube and they've built an audience and they've got a following off the back of their name. There might be other people working with them versus let's say education. Again, you've got a university who's mm. doing it. Um, they're sort of using individuals as well. This is where we get this beautiful cross section now of where we see large organizations intersecting with, small creators who are creating value and community. And then yes. it's, it's this tiered approach of how to get that trust for an organisation. They really need to have those individuals who are trusted within the community to be brand ambassadors, for lack of a better word. But, that's, but then there's this <laughs> people are very, very nervous, are very sceptical of those ambassadors at the same time because it's, yeah, it's slippery. True, it? That's just what's slippery <laughs> the net and it's... it's yeah. But it comes back to, does it come back to trust? I guess that's the kind of the, the interesting part. Cause it's like, you know, Pat, what you're saying kind of really, really makes me think about it. It's like, um, you know, like the Patagonia stuff that we've been kind of sharing back and forth. And then the kind of the, the needs essentials stuff with kind of torn, torn Martin and kind of yeah. Ishka um, for Folkwell is that what like the Patagonia stuff about, like they've done a recent piece of content, which is kind of about, um, I guess, kind of getting rid of um, invasive species in, in New Zealand in, in Raglan. So, which is a, you know, kind of a, a famous little surf town in, in New Zealand that what they've been able to do with that is kind of that. So Patagonia, I guess, kind of coming back to what you're talking about before has clear values around kind of, you know, in um, environment and they broadly put their money where their mouth is in terms of in terms of where it actually sits. So Patagonia as a brand, I think the community, 
whether they purchase it or not, I think they do trust it in terms of kind of, you know, really kind of that it, that it acts in, in the right way in terms of kind of doing what it's actually trying, trying to do. Then there's, there's kind of a movement inside that community and specific creators who were putting up this content around trying to get rid of these invasive species. And it's, it's, it's a subject matter that, you know, traditionally I think, you know, perhaps a brand would steer well clear of in terms of like, you know, there's parts of it where it's like, Ooh, we just trapped the possum. Right. But it's actually, it's a community, led kind of um, movement in terms of kind of that this this was actually going going on but yet the way that Patagonia engaged with that is through a narrator right a trusted kind of narrator which is a uh, um, you know like a more loathem uh, David David Rastovich um, sing as a song Dave um, you know kind of piece around kind of you know being able to tell tell that story in terms of kind of bringing bringing that in so they've kind of used an individual creator to tell a story about a community that's actually creating a movement in a way that's aligned with their, with their values. And I think that's really, you know, the secret sauce of kind of how you have to navigate in this space between kind of, you know, when a large organization works with kind of a small community, it's actually beneficial for them to bring in, what I've termed here, like the narrator, um, to kind of help do that. And, you know, the needs essential stuff in terms of kind of the lost track stuff, um, you know, you can kind of expand upon a little bit, but it's, you know, I would say they probably do something similar. I mean, what do you reckon, Pat? Yeah, I think you're touching on the secret source, at least something that I admire from afar. And that is just that ability of a brand to know who they are and then to prop up other other individuals and things that they support and back and that align them. The hard thing is to do it well. Um, I think Needs Essentials do it really well. They started from the classic story of New Age startup in the back of a, I think literally I think they were selling wetsuits out the back of, um, in the surfing parking lot and they were selling it out of their boot. Um, and the whole thing is the no brand. And then from there they've just gone on and how they produce their content isn't, sponsoring like ex-surfer and trying to get their stuff in stab trying to get these all surfing publications and getting them across the world and you know the classic model of getting product in front of people's faces which doesn't have much of a story to be honest it literally follows just i saw so and so wearing it i want to wear it versus what need essentials have now done is produce really engaging content and staggered it with a serious strategy behind it. So they've got a very good narrative strategy around what they stand for and what they're trying to produce. And they're producing sort of that classic story of exploring, but also telling a story of friendship. And Torimara, he, I'd never say his name right, but he has a really good way of sort of looking back at the footage and telling a story of friendship and also just special moments, the simple moments, which falls in line so well with Need Essentials, get rid of, get rid of all the noise in between, and become the no brand brand, which is very strong brand now. And a lot of people look to it. Um, yeah. And it takes a lot of work to be the no brand brand. <laughs> like it, it does a lot of brand work, but um, they do it very well. Um, and then also on that touch with the Patagonian, we've spoken about that is that's community conservation. And I think that's where organisations are heading, in, at least ones that I respect, is being able to use some of that power of, reach to be able to prop up things that they believe in and can get dangerous where that heads in the future and there's things to look out for in that but I think it's a a unique way of using resources and funds to share things and try and get a mutual 
reciprocity across brand and community because in the end without a, the brand has no brand without community so you really got to think about that when you are producing not only your goods but also your content so it's mm. interesting to see the success of those two brands in surfing and surfing for those who don't know much about it is a big oxymoron because a lot of people love nature but to be honest the surfing industry has a big impact on waste like it's a very wasteful industry or sport you're listening to bau business as unusual the podcast that is shifting the way we think interact and transact your hosts patrick beggs of per production a production house that works with organisations to create media that strengthens culture and communicates that culture to the world. And Joe Rogers, CEO of The Contenders, a brand agency famous for crafting brands which deliver results for those who work for them, shop for them and support them. For more information, head to baupod.co. And if you find this podcast insightful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to our conversations. And, you know, I guess what you, what you kind of, the, the other interesting part you're starting to unpack there is that it's the, it's the, dem- it's the demonstration of kind of their values. So, and, and in a way that actually is sharing a perspective that encourages others to, to engage with it. And I think kind of, you know, both of the content examples we've just kind of gone through are really interesting ways that actually kind of, there's a demonstrated perspective. So it's not just a statement, right? It's not like kind of need essentials are just going, go explore, right? And do it in a, in a simple way. They're actually kind of they're taking you on on a journey but quite clearly they they understand that it's kind of it's there's an interrelationship that kind of helps tell that thing and it rings rings is true right so it kind of there's it rings and I think that's such a important test in terms of kind of when you actually start to think about kind of you know the community is now at the heart of kind of all all content is that even if you're doing promotional work it still has to ring as true it still has to kind of you know actually kind of sit relatively well because people have an ability to engage with it in terms of that it's not like you know you watch a tv ad you know these days you can actually comment on it somewhere whereas you know like what i grew up i mean my you know my dad was you know i teased my dad a bit and say that he was like the first kind of person to adopt social media it's just that you know he would yell back at the television right so (laughs) no no one's listening dad but kind of you know like but you know you've got it there's a way to now that you can actually express that and kind of put that out but i think the thing about community is that kind of the community strong enough those kind of those like those views are so filled they're actually kind of almost pull back together so you can kind of have a splintered kind of group but there's enough people in the community to kind of I think act and get it back to a level of kind of that yes we can disagree on these two points but broadly we've got to do we've got to do this and that's what I think is really the power of kind of when this is all pulled together correctly now right and coming back to the Patagonia example you might not like the idea of trapping possums or kind of trapping and killing, you know, killing, let's just be clear, like killing kind of um, invasive species. You might not like that idea. Um, But equally, you would also understand that there's other kind of, you know, um, endangered endemic birds, um, et cetera, that are being threatened um, through, through that process. So in, in by stating that, and then kind of having enough of an ability to not be, preachy about it is actually just laying out the facts and kind of going there's pros and cons to this I think then the community can kind of trust it and you can engage with it so I might be um, you know pro possum and Patty you might be kind of you know pro kind of um, you know kind of in, in um, endemic species for example so there's a way that we could have a conversation about that through a specific 
um, a lens and a perspective. For sure. And I think you did do it. we're doing this great loop now and that's coming back to that trust as well, that point that you're coming to. It's not like Patagonia is sponsoring that. That's come from community literally just being the documenter and sharing that story. But it's a story that they feel is worth sharing because it could spark something else somewhere else and encourage community. And it aligns with what they're doing. But, yeah, very much so. It's an interesting one if they can facilitate conversation well um, in terms of, X person doesn't like possum being killed. X person sort of sees the value in that happening and conserving a, an environment for other species and understanding the nuance of conservation. Yeah, totally. Um, and it opens that up. But you also touched on something that I thought was really good, and that is around just that nuance of telling a story because Tori Mara and the Need Essentials, they don't say this is what it is. It isn't titled like that. No. It's from conversation, it's from sparking, it's from inspiring essentially. And, and same with Patagonia, it's sort of really understanding that strategy piece of the or- and giving the audience credit for being able to engage with things and we don't have to shove it down the throat and say this is exactly what it is and how it is. Yeah, totally. Like I, I think that's, you know, that's, that's exactly, I think it, there's a level of confidence. I think that, um, you know, I, I often kind of, I admire to, to be frank because it's, it's almost anti-advertising in, in some ways. And it's kind of, it's, it's a full kind of storytelling approach, which is that we don't like, I mean, like the, the kind of lost track stuff. I mean, it's, you wouldn't, I mean, if you didn't know, you wouldn't know, mm. right? You would, you would think it's a story about two mates, right? And kind of who, who enjoy surfing. And it's really what the viewer takes from that is that, yes, they go to in- incredible kind of um, places to surf, et cetera, in terms of kind of these, these spots. But it's actually about their relationship, right? And I think as kind of, you know, as a, as a human, you can, you know, if you have close friendships, you that's what you connect with you're right like you can see that that almost the love right between these these kind of two guys in terms of kind of where they're actually going going together and you feel invited in into it because they're both kind of you know warm and confident and can kind of share it now that then kind of takes you into this world and as a byproduct of that you're kind of you're feeling towards kind of need need essentials is also kind of warmed right and but they understand that kind of the situations they're showing you would need a wetsuit right or you would need x or you would need need this right it's kind of yes they kind of do um, warmer kind of climb stuff, but they're still kind of, you know, it's everywhere they need a, need a shorty. They're very rarely in board shorts as a, <laughs> as an example. Right. So, but, but that's, a, that's, that's kind of editorial and that's, that's clever in, in where they've landed. But I think it's the, you know, the idea that as the viewer, you can share in a perspective that is not about product is really, really important when you're kind of talking about this space, right. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not a sell. It's a, it's a story. It's a story and it's a way of communicating, I suppose, a message because I think for Anita Essentials, like they've looked at that piece and gone, who are we and what is the value we're offering? And we're offering people to strip back all the unessentials and become the essential. And even in that story, it's two people in a van who have taken it right back. So when someone, say if someone enters that story going, it's just two blokes having a really lovely time, hang on, it's two friends with really deep connection, hang on, they're engaging with the landscape hang on, they're only in two cars, like, what is this about? And it's layered and it's really smart about understanding where someone's going to engage with that story and understanding that, hey, not everyone's going to get there, but that really engaged person's going to go, who's behind this? It's need essentials. And then all of a sudden the the thread of what need is about becomes 
so deep because they've come from this offering of something that is valuable to so many people and in terms of just in pure entertainment. And then it's come into this thread that ties it all together and it'll strip everything back. And essentially what you need is good friendship, good surf um, and good experience. And that's what Need Essentials has made a brand out of. Um, But an interesting thing on the back of this is thinking about that they're providing content for a wide spectrum of people and with the hope of maybe um, being able to communicate the brand's value um, to the core people who, who really want a new wetsuit and want to feel part of that. And then, but now we've got, we were talking about subscription models, the big media organisations who are publishing content and we we're saying that used to be one day Foxtel when you could feel like you're a bit elite and you could buy content on your TV, but now you can have Disney Plus, Netflix, Dan, it goes on and on and on. But then you've got brands like this now offering unique content. It's an interesting space, I think, for brands to really and organisations to really think about what they can produce as a documenter and who they can support in a in an honest, unique way, not in a false way. It's a hard way to do it, but I think that's how content is produced. Even if you look at Stan and Netflix, like they all have editorials, so they do, they do. And you know, we kind of touched on this last time. It's really the kind of the the three kind of big drivers of kind of engagement are broadly content. So kind of you know, obviously, kind of really great content. Um, trumps all so you will you will seek it out so kind of you know like in a in a kind of big media brand context that's like a kind of like hbo right so kind of game game of thrones right that that type of thing is literally people will pay a subscription for that show right and so that's that's kind of one thing but the other things are then kind of like can't miss so kind of things where um like if you miss the afl granny it's kind of you're not going to be able to talk about it in in the same manner because you didn't have the experience of it so that that's kind of number two and then three is Kind of current events right so kind of being actually being able to stay stay on the pulse and i think we live in a really interesting time where i would say streaming is kind of really naming nailing content right but probably hasn't necessarily and then the kind of the i guess the kind of last bastions of kind of big kind of um branded media um is live so in terms of kind of live live sport or the kind of live cross right so in terms of kind of you know we're going live to kind of parliament to get the latest latest update and i think you know this is you know in a a media sense is that what's then interesting is kind of that you know i look at um like sports is interesting because like if you look at for example like sky like where they've taken kind of content in a in a football sense so they they own the rights to the premier league but they they distribute everywhere you know through that and they've kind of created all of this kind of great content property around it that can can work in a streaming sense right so kind of you know you can kind of engage with um you know i'm not i wouldn't encourage anyone to do this but you can listen to gary neville right and and ad nauseum kind of talk about different stuff with different footballers kind of across across the way and you know some people like that and they can kind of you know be able to kind of go go on the journey with him but they've kind of gone we have this thing that kind of drives people's engagement with us but then we actually have to compete in terms of for community Mm. like of actually kind of putting out these places again it's the trusted narrator right so kind of they've taken someone like gary and kind of gone look people really really like him and they've kind of gone they trust him with his view he's honest he's frank and then they kind of take that and they build a content world world around him so it's the same strategy it's just that it's it's placed in a different thing it's just placed in a different spot it's true in terms of that yes sport entertainment and and how to stay engaged and stay current with people and make people feel part of the conversation which gary does do really well love him or hate him 
Yeah. Um, yeah, you know who he is because he's so yeah, he's shock jock in a way for sport. Yeah. Oh, he's done he's done incredibly well. And I think, you know, then the the kind of last piece oh. of the media puzzle and perhaps where we start to go next with this is really around the the idea of kind of you know then the moderator kind of actually actually coming coming into this and the kind of the role that kind of media is actually starting to play in moderating our discussions so kind of you know if you you kind of take the the third part of kind of where media is heading is that it's it's rather than necessarily um, being the arbiter of truth um, it's becoming the moderator which is kind of arguably more concerning and, you know, definitely kind of, you know, our kind of, you know, the last part of our kind of little convo around this in terms of this little series on media is that how does that actually work, right? Because to be a moderator, you actually have to have a perspective, which is and when media is supposed to be neutral, this is where it becomes a challenge. Yeah, and I think it's that last piece is going to really, it's always been there, um, but it's they're so much more at the moment and it is something that needs to be touched on and it talks about those currents we spoke about in the last episode about the algorithms that exist behind their um behind our content and who gets eyeballs where and and the and the big money piece that sits behind it all but yeah it's i think the arbitrary of truth who who gets to moderate uh yeah there's so much well, we've seen that anyway. It's a whole nother, whole nother thing to get down in terms For of sure. what things can swing and how you can swing it in your favour. That's media and it's been telling story to advantage. But it's interesting. I've found this conversation really interesting around dissecting around different ways organisations, individuals tell stories. And the one piece that we didn't quite get to, but I think we've touched on in terms of we didn't really title it, but what that was, the intersection between individuals and organizations and how they work in the modern media and that very much is yeah a two play and i think they're working working together but yeah let's let's see what happens in the next episode yeah done deal done deal and it's so i guess like the key takeaway is kind of you know are exactly that so you know i think the kind of the idea that the community is actually you know in some ways is actually empowered now right so the kind of you know back to where we started i think you know community does actually help kind of be the arbiter of truth these days in terms of kind of you know you're much more likely to to kind of understand something if it's you know got likes at the gazoo and kind of someone who's got a huge following is because it feels community validated That's but yet then there's kind of this crossover in terms of kind of you know how kind of um big and small actually now now work together you know and that's typically through the kind of the the narration or the perspective and then you know i think the last part of that is then kind of in moderating what's that perspective and certainly that's where you know i think we'll uh, we'll dig in next yeah so understanding that how i think a lot of people are very clever in understanding how people respond and how things are validated and then yeah the piece behind that is where we're going next about how people use that validation to get to get other things but um well I'll, I'll maybe i'll play darth vader and you play luke skywalker and we'll dig into the good and evil evil next time and see <laughs> or or vice versa because i certainly think there's different there's different areas to that but as mm -hmm. always pat great to chat mate so and yeah, um, yeah we'll catch you soon all right, Joe, sounds good. Have a good day, mate, and you too. Uh, look after yourself. You too. Cheers. Thank you for listening to BAU Business as Unusual. Subscribe and learn more at baupod.co. That's baupod.co.